0: I would like to welcome a very special guest, probably the most prolific guest in the history of the uh, rundown, um, is the CEO of the Professional Squash Association, Alex Goff. Welcome, Alex. How
1: are you doing, Bill? Go oh, that's some intro. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm
0: not well, sure looking, how I'm going
1: to live up to that. <laughs>
0: well, I'm, I'm looking at the latest poll, and you are now listed, since since the big announcement last week, you are now listed as the third most influential person in pro squash. That's okay. pretty good right who's, yeah uh, who's,
1: who's who's one and two is my first question
0: rob owen is number one and the woman from squash Site is number two and it's their own polls so they take their own polls and they put them out and they swap one and two depending <laughs> whose poll it is but either one of those <laughs> one of those two is always number one just know that so oh, fantastic so so being three is pretty solid actually
1: oh yeah, yeah i'll take that <laughs> <laughs> Already packing, come with me, I'm not really asking, we'll
2: get away to a place where we don't know. What about this?
0: This call is being recorded.
2: Fans, we are back for another edition of the Weekly Roundup, catching up on the weekly headlines, news, and results from the professional tour. Bill, I'm back.
0: Connor, we missed you. Uh, bi-weekly roundup, by the yeah. way. We missed last Monday, obviously, because uh, mm-hmm. our our boy is uh, our boy is away. But um, yeah. But welcome back. We uh, we definitely missed you. Um, um, PJ and I tried to soldier on and do our first solo recording. Um, granted, it got the most downloads of any episode that has been done on Squash Radio. So uh, I'm not saying that there's any correlation between you not being here and that happening. It just could be subject matter. Um. People just had a little more time to listen. I'm not sure. I, I'm I'm not saying that it made any difference. I mean, am I saying that it made a difference that you were here or there? Um you know what? I'm not going to say anything. Welcome back, honours. Thanks. Gonna say. It's
2: good to be back. I and mean, as you said, uh, pushing record isn't that hard. So um, clap, clap. Push <laughs> pushing record is is not that hard. How was your How was your high school reunion? 25th high school it, reunion. It was really good. I mean, um, you know, some of the people I literally hadn't seen in 25 years, and um, others. You know, we have a really good group of of people. We stay in touch, and so it was a um, it was a feel good moment. We were definitely probably the most energetic, like of all the classes when they were doing it. Now, you know, hey, so and so is doing this. We we're like the table, like, woo! you know, like the the whole team, like the whole tent, looking at us, like, why are they so excited? We were just a happy, happy, happy group. <laughs> so it was
0: really well, that's cool. Twenty now, the, the question will be: Is will you guys do do you do this every five years? Do you do this every ten years? What do you well, do? well? The reunion happens every year. And then I think, it yeah, does. so it's
2: anyone can go. Um, I just think definitely you get, you know, for the big, every
0: five years, people get um,
2: more juiced up
0: for it. So yeah, it,
2: it turned out really well. Thanks for
0: asking, Bill. No, it's my pleasure. I was interested. Uh, we we had a high school reunion. I think I, we had a fifth year high school reunion. This is obviously eons ago. And um, our, our class never had another one until the 30th because our fifth one was, um, disrupted by someone in an alcohol fuel rate alcohol fueled rage is that a proper yeah. term ripped up ripped apart the bathrooms the the men's room particularly uh restroom at the at the um at the venue and there was somebody wrongly accused of doing it um I'm, I'm, yeah it's uh, like
2: <laughs> bill look how far you've come
0: i'm really impressed i know I, I was honestly wrongly accused of tearing apart the bathroom at our fifth high school reunion i didn't do it i honestly 100 percent, didn't do it i know who did what? it i was, but, I was gonna you know. say
2: it like if you're that alcohol in, induced uh, rage like would you know how would you know
0: how How would i know what if,
2: if you were the one that did it or didn't do it
0: oh well, I, I i i was not uh, <laughs> yeah that's a it's a good it's a great question um looking back and now it's been a hundred years since but I'm just saying for anybody anybody who I went to high school with who's listening to this who I I know those numbers are well since you weren't here last week our numbers went up so you never know somebody might have logged in um, I did not do it um, the person's name who did it initials are RB and I, I'm not sure if he's still alive or not I'm assuming he is because I haven't read that he is not but his name was RB I saw him do it <laughs> For some reason, I was wrongly accused, I think, is because I exited the bathroom shortly before RB went in and tore it apart. So, um, But since then, I, make, um, I feel, we didn't have— I feel like this is like
2: solving the JFK files.
0: <laughs> it, it, it is. You know what? Back in the day, you, you know, we didn't have cell phones back then, so nobody could film anything. Right. So, um, I mean, it's just my word. and But I still get the feeling every once in a while— when I run into people who were involved with the organ, and I don't, I don't run into them that often anymore. But when I do run into them ran- randomly, like on holidays, if I'm ever back in my hometown, they kind of look at me like, "Oh, that's the guy who tore apart the bathroom at the uh, fifth reunion." And because of that, they didn't have another one till the thirtieth reunion. All right, <laughs> but I didn't do it. I, I, swear, swear, I, I swear! I
2: swear! I swear!
0: I swear it wasn't me. I swear it wasn't me. But no, I'm gl- I'm glad you had fun. Um, welcome back. It's 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 good to be back. There's been some. Uh, um, some big news in squash. So we're gonna th- this episode's um, an exciting episode for us. Um, we're gonna we'll briefly touch on Manchester, um, the silver that happened in Manchester after the Chicago Worlds, and then the upcoming um, tournament that starts uh, starts uh, uh, Alguna. By the time this comes out, we should be uh, into the uh, the second or third round of Alguna. Uh, but very exciting. We have um, uh, with the big news that huge the PSA news. Tour was huge, huge yeah. news that the the PSA Tour was injected. With a large amount of money by the uh, by Mark Walter's um, company, Guggenheim Investors. Um, I, I know that's not the name of the people who are actually doing doing it, but it is Mark Walter is that's his company, uh, and he's obviously a billionaire and a, a squash fan who has um, supported um, squash in the past, obviously with the Windy City Open and uh, the World Champions, uh, has injected a large amount of money into the tour. Um, so we will be touching on that, obviously. And then we will also have um, special guest uh, Alex Goff, the CEO of the PSA World Tour, uh, will join us later in the show to um, gi- give the perspective of the PSA to maybe maybe give some details and answer some questions that uh, that the fans have regarding this uh, this big. yeah. News. yeah, it's it's
2: exciting. We'll go into more detail, but um, I said this before in a previous episode with the infront sports uh, sports media deal that that was one of the biggest moments in squash history. This surpasses that news like tenfold or a hundredfold.
0: Yeah, so obviously the a, a huge day. And I got to stop saying obviously, by the way. I, I say, I, I noticed, do you notice that? Like when you go through the uh, recording, I say obviously all the time. Well, obviously. Well, obviously. So I'm going to edit out all the obviously. So it's not it's, it is In doing
2: this, it is painful seeing your like your own tics. I think I say you knows right. Um, um, well, I've, um, I've done a better job on the ums.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, am I, I, um, obviously, um, yeah, exactly. So, um, <laughs> obviously let's get into the show a little bit. Oh, by the way, just, just, um, as you obviously know, we're missing someone here. Who? Um, PJ, oh,
2: fuck. Yeah. PJ,
0: remember, remember PJ, uh, PJ, who claims that we don't call him for these shows PJ, who claims that we freeze him out and that, uh, he is available. Um, we asked PJ to be on the episode, obviously. <laughs> and PJ said, what do you think PJ is right now? Is this about the time of year? Like, cause he doesn't do events in Egypt. So Manchester's over what there's not really any tour events left that aren't in Egypt. So P his PSA TV season has come to an end. Uh, is he, is this Abitha PJ yeah, could, right now? Are we talking? To I Ibiza think PJ? he, I
2: think this is about right where he needs to relax, decompress from the season. He is, um, you know, part of the, the group of the international men of mystery, you know? So
0: we don't know how many weeks out of the, there's 52 weeks in the year. How many weeks do you think PJ actually works? If you had a guess, would you say less than 25?
2: No, I think it's more. I think it's more. Yeah. 26. I don't know, but I, I mean, he's, he's world-class at what he does and the impact he has. So look at the results. (laughs) You know, you don't have to measure in like how hard you work, right? You can look at the results
0: that you get. (laughs) That's <laughs> it. Let's move on. I can't. I can't even answer that. <laughs> you don't even want to comment. I, I, have, okay. no comment <laughs> I have no comment on that. I have no comment. So let's go. Let's go back. I know it seems like a long time ago. Um, Manchester, uh, the Silver Manchester event happened. Um, I know. You know. You you told me because because you had your um, your twenty um, fifth reunion and, and then you went on vacation for a week. You didn't uh, pay much attention to this event. I which saw is who fair. won. It's- so yes, I we know who won too. Um, the, the, it, it is uh, squash sites. Um, can I say what dream on this? I don't know. Probably. It, it, I don't know if that. I don't know if that's that's uh, too much. Um, the the uh, Ali Farag Nor El Tayeb um, <laughs> winning winning that gave squash site the opportunity to, um, to to basically just go crazy and show photos of every photo they ever had of Nor al Tayeb and Ali Farag together, separate. Their kids. I mean, the the number of shots of Ali and uh, and Norris kid. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I mean, great, good for them. They have a kid. I think. But, um, I think. I do. Did, I, do I really I did, need. I think s- I did
2: see a joke in there, <laughs> by the way, about like this is this is ridiculous. When did PSA start allowing two coaches in the corner?
0: Did you? Yeah, that that was a um that, I think that was a sarcastic uh, a sarcastic tweet by a uh, one uh, a PSA fan uh, who I who I know well yeah. actually. Um yes. It's, very very sarcastic. It was it was
2: almost it, like one of your jokes. It was like it was too sarcastic and then I was like, "Oh, that's actually pretty funny."
0: Right? Like Right. And and the, and the internet took it and, and ran and with it and said, it said The hmm. point being for the photograph
2: it was um um Ali Farag and Ali and, Farag and, the, and his and daughter Ali. who's like under yeah. 2 years old or whatever and coaching yeah. uh,
0: nor el tab so it was it was funny uh I, and, I, and granted i i don't have kids so i i i understand people who have kids like that, <laughs> which is great good for <laughs> good for them yeah. um but i don't i don't need to see that on a on a professional a professional squash association feed tour or any news site enough pictures of the kids first thank goodness that Renee Malawilly has has uh retired because can you imagine the number of photos we'd need to see of their child uh on just PSA to balance coverage, it out uh, be us fair us and balanced just a just ba- about fair fair and balanced coverage uh squat i mean squash side basically is turning into babies are us uh, i stop stop it already please 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 stop it that's all i have to say um but they won so congratulations i think um obviously farag farag coming in and off his chicago uh win uh, where he was had such a flawless performance uh at the worlds coming back and duplicating uh that effort in beating Goad again in the final a, in Manchester. Uh, incredible. But I think the bigger story is that uh, Noor el winning in, uh, in Manchester further separates the women's tour. I mean, in the end right now, there's four players on the women's tour, right? Who, who could win an yeah. event. I don't see any other ones. I mean, uh, we, we have uh, Gohar, Serbini, Hamami, and Taeb. After that, everyone else is so far apart you may get a random win from Amanda maybe maybe at a tie or possibly an el shabini every once in a while um, unfortunately she did get hurt uh at, at Manchester when she was playing Emily Whitlock and had to withdraw but for the most part we have four women who could who will win every major squash event or any every squash event they enter at this point which is not not great I mean not great for women squash well I I mean
2: I think it's I think it's good having four potential people in the mix it's actually pretty healthy um and at but they're the same four they're the same for. yeah but I mean th- these things go in cycles I mean versus just being one or two like the fact that it's four puts a lot in the mix now Sherbini ends ends up winning a lot of them um I'll be I'm actually very curious a healthy Georgina Kennedy what she can do to mix things up you know there's she she's taking sherbini to five a fair amount um now very different knocking someone out in the quarters or semis and then how do you still win it but um i i i see it as
0: a, there's a good mix there, there's a good mix I, what i don't see is and and i'm hope hopeful because of some of the results in manchester that we might have some some new women come come up because it looks like you know Joelle king um n- not the player she used to be obviously still in contention in, in these events um sarah jane perry uh, she has fallen off the map Mm -hmm, basically with mm -hmm. her quality of play, uh, be it injury or for whatever, whatever the reason is. But I think, um, hopeful, a little hopeful with, uh, the result of, um, both Siva sub Romanian and, uh, thank you. And, uh, Satomi Watanabe Satomi made her first ever silver, uh, semi, uh, had some great results, beat, um, beat, uh, in the first round, um, Beat uh, Sarah Jane Perry, then beat Tesney, and then lost a tough semi, uh, a tough semifinal to Nayla Gillis. So hopefully that is a um, a harbinger of things to come because we do need some of these young players like Siva, like Hanamotas, like Satomi. Uh, we need these young players to start stepping up because some of the uh, um, players when you get to the bottom half of the top ten, Sarah Jane Perry and Joel King. Coming towards the end of their careers, and we, uh, it, if we don't see these players like you know Rowan Al-Arabi, these players step up, it's basically going to be a five or uh, four woman tour um, for the for the foreseeable future, and I don't think that's what we want. Well,
2: what I mean, I'm
0: not, uh, I'm not quite sure. What, what would you prefer? Like, I think it's, I think it's pretty healthy. Mix. I prefer anybody. I would prefer everyone in the top ten have a chance to win a tournament that they entered in. Right now, that's not the case. Yeah. Like in the men's on the men's side it is though right I mean the men's side Joe Macon could could win a tournament uh being being uh, right in the in the very top of the like what is he tenth or ninth in the world I haven't looked at the rankings yeah. this week so on the men's side it, it's not always going to be, although it seems right now, Ali's on right. a roll, but it's, there's always the opportunity that like a Diego Elias could get beat. Sure. Uh, a Joel Macon could, could upset the apple cart. A Saul could get beat. I, I, I see mean, what you mean. Those, the, the, those, the entrenched top
2: five or four on the women's store. You're just like, Hey, who can win that? I see. I see what you mean.
0: Um to, to it it comes down to how tough a struggle they had getting to getting to the semis at this point, and that's that's all it comes down to. And then then you watch let's let's watch Hamami play Gohar, let's watch Sherbini beat up on whoever is on her side of the draw, and then go yeah. from there. Not shocking. I still think it's a healthy mix, but I I see what you're saying. All right, I appreciate that. Connor, see, we've come together. <laughs> see, we, we we could respect each respect each other's opinions. So coming coming up is is um is Alguna um. Last platinum event of the season. Uh, it's a little would late you for me. Go? I mean,
2: uh, to yeah.
0: Alguna, I think so. It looks it looks really cool. Everybody complains go. about how how hot it is there. It's like they and I'm wondering when they say that, is it like hot like it is in like in like DC in August hot? Is it that hot or is it just like it's hot for Egypt? I don't know. But the players complain about how hot it is all the time there for Alguna. yeah. No, would... but yeah, look, it looks gorgeous. It looks like it looks like a really nice spot, but a little late in the season, no. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> it's just, just tough to get excited about it. It's uh, The worlds took place. It feels um, like that should be the, the British... culmination of the season, right? The world should certainly be the culmination of the season. So let's get into the big news, Connor. And you're going to be our source since PJ is in Ibiza and uh, sunbathing and really has literally. No... Put this way, you think I'm bitching about the long season and not having any interest in Alguna? Is there any chance that PJ is going to watch one minute of Alguna? Not a second, right?
2: I don't know. Yeah,
0: he's not. He, he, he we're we're gonna we're gonna want to talk about Alguna. We're gonna get him on a podcast, and he's gonna like have looked up and just repeat what he reads. He's not. He is not gonna. I'll guarantee you, if you put the the same lie detector that I took uh, about destroying the bathroom at my Husker reunion. I, I want to put on PJ and say, PJ, did you watch one match of at Alguna? He,
2: he's he's very fair and accurate, so he'd just be like, absolutely not. You know, like without even with, with <laughs> like
0: zero judgment or care, just like, yeah, no, I didn't. Um, So anyway, I but I followed the controversy controversy or whatever whatever he calls it. (laughs) So um, so let's get into it. Um, uh, The injection of money into the PSA tour um, by um, by Mark Mm -hmm. Walter, a billionaire businessman who has sports ties at the highest level um, in the United States for sure, with the Los Angeles Dodgers, um, the uh, Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, oh, or uh, I like squash site. They said his, his interest in the, in the United States sports interest in the United States were the Los Angeles Dodgers and the LA sparks. Yeah. <laughs> just to, you know, show that
2: me. feels like they were just being, uh, paying attention to equality
0: and, uh, yeah. they, they, they are. And they're just trying to keep equal time, I guess, uh, for, for men and women. Cause the LA, LA sparks as uh, you know, I watch. The, I do watch the WNBA actually, so I, I, I like the product that they put out, but <laughs> I like the way that the school, they, they equated it to uh to the Dodgers and the Lakers, they put the LA Sparks yeah. instead. But he also owns a stake in Chelsea, the uh, the um, Premier League uh, Premier uh, League soccer team. Yeah. So, uh, it, very very sports um, uh, oriented, and now since 2015, has had a interest in squash. Uh, with his sponsorship of the Windy City Open and the World Championships, he's now taken that interest to another level and injecting. We're, we're being told millions of dollars. Has that figure, Connor, come out? What the amount of money that he is investing in in the? PSA no, tour? Um, and that's purposeful. You'll see this in a lot
2: of deals where they just don't disclose the amount. Um, you know, um,
0: I, what I what I have heard is. Uh, it's in the eight-figure range. I'm not smart oh. enough to know what that means. Yeah. Is Does that, is that mean over 9999000 over, Yeah, got it, yeah. So tell me this, and, and you have a little more inside knowledge from your time with the PSA. Um, tell me the difference between, so SMM, SM, SM, mm-hmm. Squash Media and Marketing. Well, s, S, and, and M would have been a much better name. By the way, it probably would have got more play in, uh, in, in in mainstream media if they just called it s and uh, I know I would have clicked anyways on that, but um what what's the difference between um smm and infront so infront as you talked about made an investment into the psa um a couple years back to our audience who who reading all these um press releases on this um the new news that came out um when they talk about this i think a lot of people are probably reading this and not knowing exactly what it means so kind of enlighten us on that
2: yeah, so um, kind of to your point that there are a lot of entities involved in these deals, and and actually just going back to what is the PSA, and it's a membership organization. Um, it you know has owns all the media rights to the professional tour, um, and what we've seen historically is how successfully have we commercialized those rights, and um, the answer has been not particularly well. And a lot of this is when you have all assets under one. Entity, they can't be fully monetized for a variety of reasons. A uh, Major one actually being able to take on outside investment because um, it's a conflict of interest. It's 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 not clear who owns what, um, and so when the in front deal was coming together, um, and so what is it? What yeah. is in front? Talk, sure. Talk. Uh Infront is a major sporting agency. Think of it as IMG is probably number one. And Infront Sports mm-hmm. Media, which is based out of Switzerland, is a one thousand person um sports agency. They basically match uh brands and entities. So in this case, they've represented uh they power FIFA. Um, they represent certain Olympic entities, they work and then those are the sports entity side, and then they work with brands. So Mercedes, um, Coca Cola, you name it, and they provide a matchmaking service and really help it. So a company like, I'm not saying this specifically, but Mercedes would go to them and be like, "Hey, we want to spend 100 million dollars in in the sports arena. Help us like figure out what's the strategy and implementation and activation of spending that, getting the best usage of that 100 million dollars." Can you t-
0: uh, pinpoint something since the Infront deal happened? That Infront has done. It?
2: Um, yeah, I think a lot of it. Um, No headline stuff is what I would say. But what this really provides is, um, I mean, I had participated on calls where there's 40 of us. I'd say like 18 from the PSA side, uh, a variety of us, and then the rest from the in front. And these are best in class at what they do. So they're auditing, a lot of auditing. So how's our YouTube strategy? What's our um, content strategy? What is our... Um, how does our uh, sp- sponsorship package stack up? Um, so it's just having access to that amount of information and expertise is, is, has been extremely valuable and helpful. I don't think, um, you know, I'd let uh, Alex answer for that. Is there headline news of like we can print, like, look at the injection there? N- no, from my point of view. But having access to that
0: expertise has been uh, very valuable. Is Infront in any way related to Mark Walter? Like, uh, does Mark Walter have an interest in Infront, um, mm-hmm. or is he? Is that no. a, are they Totally separate entities. Totally
2: separate. What I would say, um, I mean, when you look at when we're really getting into, especially a global um, sports entity, where Infront is strongest is really uh, Europe and Asia. Um, they're owned by a Chinese conglomerate. They're like part of that, so they're big there. Um, their weakness is North America, and versus then you jump to like Mark Walter and his network and his influence is really North American heavy, and you can see him dipping his toes into Europe with the acquisition of Chelsea. So really, um, I mean, it really comes down to. Um, I mean, I think we would all agree that North America is, and specifically America is probably one of the, the strongest uh, sports market globally, but collectively um and especially for squash like we need presence strong presence in Europe and Asia it's uh, it's a huge untapped so i'm hoping that this is you know three parts of a stool coming together that can be very powerful and we'll see how we all work together
0: why do you think mark walter uh, so mark walter as we talked about lakers dodgers uh chelsea sparks <laughs> um w- w- why do you think he is throwing so many eggs into the squash <clears throat> basket if if from your in your opinion
2: Yeah, and um, if you actually Google Mark Walter and look at his Wikipedia page, and it is not a lot on him, yet there is a a significant word character count given to Squash. Like, that's pretty amazing. Um, Really, I think he's just, uh, he's a true, he loves athletes, like he, that is why he's getting involved in business, uh, making you know um, these level of investments. He loves athletes, and he's never played squash, <laughs> and he just got. Um, you know, I think what we all see as why we love the sport, he was no different. The big difference is now he has a net worth of five point two billion dollars, and he's able to really put investments behind that. So he just loves the athletes. I think he he's really enjoyed the community, um, and. The, the 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 how he supported the the tour in the past which was significant of i think 7.5 million dollars to date um was um you know that's less than a contract of one baseball player for him
0: uh and, and if you it, you know the money that's being put in there if you had to you know from from your position say are we going to see that money uh affect the actual events themselves, like, will there be more events? Will there be higher prize money? Or will this more affect the the squash TV uh, content and how squash TV covers the sport? I think w- there is a, a shared ap- aspiration of
2: we want to get more uh, dollars to the players to make this a viable, you know, I mean, frankly, the lower level players are barely making a living. Y- you know this, right? Mm-hmm. And so we need to get this closer to um, golf and tennis. It's going to, that's going to take a long time but so getting more zeros behind the paychecks of the the athletes and and that goes part and parcel with the monetization of the the content so how do we best do that um so it's going to be both i think content strategy uh con- and then production and then distribution so that's really securing those distribution deals uh where you get dollars from um pe- people willing to pay or 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 sponsorship levels, that's what will get inject new
0: cash into it
2: outside of the initial investment from the Walter group.
0: And lastly, on, on, on my end for this, um, the, the big, the big, uh, um, target, the big uh, goal is the Olympics, mm-hmm. uh, for, for better or worse that, that is the, the, the thing. So if Mark Walter is from LA lives in LA owns the Lakers owns the Dodgers owns the Sparks, uh, the Olympics, uh, 2028 for which, uh, in which squash is bidding for inclusion, uh, are taking place in LA. Is, is this a, in your opinion, Connor, do you think the Olympics are a done deal? Do you think squash is in the Olympics? And this is, um, more just, Hey, uh, now they, we could point to this and say, Hey, this deal that we just did with the PSA got squash into the Olympics, or was this all done ahead of time? Squash is in the Olympics. Um, I'm putting on my, um, my conspiracy, uh, conspiracy theory, theory hats. No, if yeah. I, yeah. So, so, because if, in my opinion, I think squash is in the Olympics, I think it's a done deal already. And I think this is something that, uh, news that just is going to now be, um, uh, they're going to make this as this, this was what the, what catapulted squash into the Olympics. And it could be the first, um, first like thumbs up, like, Hey, this investment is working. It's now in the Olympics. But in my opinion, it it, like, it was all done in in concert. uh, Do you think there's any validity to that? I think what I've
2: learned through the Olympic bid process is that it's a total black box and it's actually done in very small rooms. And <clears throat> there is a voting body of, you know, 122 people that do vote on this stuff. And there's a very powerful executive council. I I don't think we'll ever know. Um, where I I think this sets us up is like, you couldn't have asked for a better person to be involved at the right time where we don't know where this stands and could this be the dot like the lead domino that uh, Olympics are going to pay attention, you know, and when you're negotiating with the like LA community and this guy (laughs) has the stadiums, you know, the baseball stadiums, the, um, the basketball stadiums, like that's a pretty powerful negotiating person at that table. So, and now not just could he have been an advocate for like, I think you guys should consider squash. He's now, Financially motivated um, for squash to be included, like you know, automatically this will 10x or 50x his investment. So, you know, and I and and going back to um, you know, I think what we need to look at is not just the single person, but the network effect here is extremely powerful. Um, if you recall, Billie Jean King, who about a year and a half ago said you know, just spe- spoke so highly of squash and look up the clip if you haven't. Um, I mean, and he, she is part of the, uh, the investment group, or I shouldn't say specifically this one, but you know, uh, they have each other on speed dial, Billie Jean King and Mark Walter, um, and that you can have more powerful champions. And I think we'll only see that increase the number of people advocating for the sport, uh, who've never known about the sport.
0: So, so lastly, before you know, before we turn to Alex and, and we get some some answers, we're, we're kind of surmising, right? Is Mark Walter basically in charge of the PSA right now? or is he just uh, have an investment in there and he's a stakeholder and he's like on the board? Like, where is he in, in, in relation to the, uh, to the structure? Uh, Ziad Al-Tarqay, obviously, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, has been the driving force behind the PSA board uh, for, for like the last 10 years, I guess, maybe, maybe, maybe more. Um, Where, where where's Mark Walter right now in the power structure of the PSA? Is he, is he basically calling the shots?
2: Another good question. I, I will only, um, I don't know specifically. Let me caveat that. Um, what I do know either the directionally where it's going and or how do other investments work. You know, there's um there are, are investments where, hey, we're now putting in this cash and we want to take over the management team. Um, and that that sets a whole different tone, right? There's other times where it's like, look, I think you guys are doing a great job. It looks like you're missing some access to capital and access to you know networks and all this stuff and like we're going to help and work with you i think it's more leaning that way that doesn't mean do you want a person like mark walter helping to influence the direction i think we'd all agree yes (laughs) you know he's uh, in every arena he stepped in he's been successful um so calling the day-to-day shots no he has zero time for that um so so that's that's the kind of spectrum as I see it, and I think it's more the latter. Now, if it's not going the direction they want, would they change course? Yeah, maybe. um, uh, but that would only be positive for the sport um, is what I would surmise.
0: I think it's a bit of a mystery um, uh, about what actually is gonna happen in a year. I think the as a, as a fan, I wanna know, a year from now, what, uh, what, what will I be looking at with the world of professional squash? Like what will be the major, the big differences that I see, uh, uh, because of this investment. And I think that's what all the fans want to see. There's, I mean, there's press conferences and there's press releases and there's, you know, balance sheets and, but in the end we're squash fans, right? So we want to see this money's being injected into the sport that we love. What are, what are we getting out of it as the fans? Like. And that's, that's what, what's most important, is, I, I think. Anyways. Yeah, I, it's, I think it's a fair question. My, my, you know, my not
2: concern, I don't know the right word, is um, I, I, I haven't seen, there's certain fans who do appreciate the, the kind of growth and the changes, and there are other fans I, I've seen who I don't think you could ever make them happy,
0: right? Well, the, those are the fan, to me, those are the fans who, who want to keep squash small. They, they they like they like their squash right, and they like their access. So will they be as happy when they're going to the British Open? And I'm not saying this is going to happen, but you know, you go to a Laker game, you can't go on the court after the Laker game and get your picture taken with LeBron, right? Mm-hmm. I mean that just doesn't that does not, not happen. Yeah. So so right. So unless you unless you're somebody, right? right? So as as John Q fan, are we going to be as happy if squash gets to the point where look? Uh, hey there's Ali Faraga my my kid came to my, that's my kid's favorite player i'm going to walk down onto the court by the court and get Ali to sign and take a picture mm-hmm. i mean what what happens when that stops like when squash becomes like becomes a sport like a real major league sport where you don't have the access yeah. that uh, that that you have those those kind of those fans aren't going to be yeah. happy there's there's always fans who aren't going to be happy for certain sure. reasons right
2: what do you, i mean if, if in and i think a year by the way is not a long time in the growth of things so i'm just saying let me reverse this. Like, When will you be like, you as a fan, you're like, hey, wow, mm-hmm. this is different. I
0: see it. Like, w- yep. Uh, that You know when that will happen, Connor? When nights like tonight or last night when the Yankees were on Prime and I couldn't watch them because for some reason I have Prime and I still couldn't watch the Yankees because they're they're doing different games on streaming. The NBA playoffs are in a lull. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge hockey fan. When I could turn on ESPN last night or ESPN 2 and there's squash on yeah. It. Like to like to, to Alguna, like I could flip on the TV and Alguna will yeah. be on there as opposed to watching pro pickleball or cornhole. That's that's when I'll be like, wow, this has really made a difference.
2: Yeah, I think it's going to be tough in a North American market, um, but uh, I, I, I see that coming. I, I don't know. In a year, the, the challenging part here is is also how um, broadcasters work and when they purchase deals like that's a whole different sales cycle and that's really 18 months out. Um, So I think within two years that will be feasible. Um, I I think seeing it on smart TVs where it's easy to like, basically what I'm hearing from you is like easy to tune in
0: easy easy to tune yeah. in exactly so streaming streaming's the future yeah. right and psa uh, tv already streams granted it's a, it's behind a paywall you need to have a subscription okay. so it's not free by any means but um in the end there's a lot of fans my age who aren't court cutters right so we have cable yes. and that's where i watch my sports yes. so last night the yankee game wasn't on yes so i could not watch the yankees play last night uh, i have prime i it, you when you click on prime it says instead of just clicking on the game and it starts it says how can i watch this and next thing you know you click that and next thing you know you're down a rabbit hole where you're paying uh, paying for a subscription service that you don't want so yes i want at my age to be able to click on my cable provider and watch squad yeah
2: i think ease to tune in if we're using that as a benchmark is going to happen within 18 months um i but here's what i would caveat i think the landscape of media is shifting enough and technology is shifting enough that it's just going to be I think squash tv will 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 continue and we're actually have been a leader within that and I think that will have more premium content where we want to see that but and that's you're getting value for paying more right but your average joe just wants to tune in or jane uh wants to tune in and just see matches right and I think that'll become more accessible I think will be on smart tvs or easily accessible or a A version of Apple, Amazon, um, Fire TV—you name it—where it's just or a smart TV enabled. I think, but that's the technology becoming easier. So there's enough landscape, and now, again, going back to the network effect, (laughs) where it's like, hey, we're gonna do bargaining power of like L.A. Sparks, L.A. Dodgers, L.A. You know, whatever Chelsea. And that's the negotiating power as a, as a group of saying, and you're gonna take squash. So I think we're gonna benefit from being rounding errors on bigger
0: deals. Uh, look look forward to uh, having some of these questions answered. Uh, coming up next is uh, the CEO of uh, PSA uh, World Tour is, is Alex Goff. <laughs> And now I would like to welcome a very special guest. Uh, probably, probably the most prolific guest in the history of the uh, the rundown um, is the CEO of the Professional Squash Association, Alex Goff. Uh, welcome, Alex.
1: How you doing, Go, oh, That's some intro. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm not
0: well, sure looking, how I'm going to live
1: up to that. <laughs>
0: well, I'm I'm looking at the latest poll, and you are now listed since since the big announcement last week. You are now listed as the third most influential person in pro squash.
1: It's okay. pretty good, right? Who's, yeah. Uh, who's, who's, who's one and two is my first question.
0: Uh, Rob Owen is number one, and the woman from Squash Site is number two. So, um, and it's their own polls. So they take their own polls and they put them out, and they swap one and two depending <laughs> whose poll it is. But either, one of those one of those two is always number one. Just know that. So, oh, fantastic. so So, being three is pretty solid, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, again, welcome. I appreciate you giving me a, a few minutes of your time. I know you're very busy. So an exciting, very exciting week in, in squash, um, and we'll get right to it. Um, and there's going to be a lot of acronyms read here. Um, I'm looking at uh, Sports Media Entertainment Group, led by Mark Walter, has acquired yeah. a stake in squash media marketing which is a lot of S&Ms, um, so uh, I'm sure that's not an acronym. Uh, maybe there's a couple extra M's in there. So for our audience who may not be as versed in in what's going on inside the PSA Tour right now, could you tell us what, what is um, Sports Media Entertainment Group and what is Squash Media Marketing? Exactly what they are and how are the two coming together?
1: No, sure. So, so a little bit of background. Obviously, the PSA, the Professional Squash Association, is a – and has always been a members organization, so it's essentially owned by the players. Um, it started off as, as purely the men's tour and then in 2015, we kind of combined with the women's tour. So so then PSA is kind of running all of essentially professional squash. What we wanted to do through and we kind of wrote the strategy sort of through the COVID. So the tough COVID times was that we wanted to bring investment into the sport. We wanted to bring it into PSA, but we, we needed a new vehicle to do that. So we needed something that was investable in, you know, um, and you could sell shares, et cetera, et cetera. So, PSA then spun out an arm, a commercial arm, essentially, which is, which is Squash Media Marketing, um, completely owned by PSA. And that was kind of, that was the start of that journey. Um, We then had a small, we got a minority investment then from, from a a really big sports marketing firm company called Infront. So that was now, that's now a couple of years ago. Um, And essentially the, the, the whole aim of it was to, was to really kind of, to bring sort of some really meaningful investment into, into squash and into the PSA and 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 to use that then to kind of drive the tour. So the so Mark's group now he's kind of set up his own kind of squash company. He's he obviously has many many companies, um, and he's done that specifically to invest in squash media marketing. Um, yeah, so that's been it's been. It, it's been a long road, that one. I mean it's it's obviously super exciting and it's it's you know, something that we've been trying to you know, actually Connor will know. He was back in the day when we first started talking to Mark probably around about 2015, 2016. Right. Um so to actually have finally got it over the line is yeah, it's uh yeah, it's pretty exciting.
0: So was Infront part of the deal to bring Mark aboard? Did Infront help with that or was Mark already involved before Infront became involved?
1: Um, actually, I mean, Mark was involved kind of the, the conversations with Mark were, were, were before in front. Um, and what we were trying to do was we were kind of sort of trying to validate the business model really. Um, and that was kind of, you know, bringing in a big hitter, like in front are they're, they're essentially, you know, you know, a small minority stakeholder, but they're also our kind of sales agency. So they look after all of our media sales and all of, you know, all of, you know, sponsorship side of things. So, so they're, so they're an agency for us and they're a partner. Um, and obviously, then when we went back to speaking to Mark and, and we told him about the new structure, he 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 agreed that that was the right thing to do. He thought it was you know actually was quite complimentary about it. And um, yeah, and and obviously now we here we are today with him with him with him owning a piece of that. And um, you know, and all of that will bring with it. And hopefully, the influence that he can kind of you know wrap around everything will be will be significant. Hopefully.
0: So obviously the headline saying uh, a billionaire uh, sports sports guy uh, invests millions into the PSA tour. That's the headline, right? Are are you at Liberty to say like, what amount are we talking about? Like when you say millions, I mean, millions could be a million million could be two millions. Um, Is is there an amount that he has invested a finite amount or is it an ongoing um, investment?
1: Um, Yeah, it's a figure that we were, we we didn't. And actually this was kind of Mark's advice. He didn't want that out there in the public domain just yet. Um, So, but it's, it will certainly allow us to do a lot of the things that we wanted to do. Um, you know, we're forever trying to. You know, we want to improve events and we want to improve broadcasts, and we, you know, we've got a whole host of things that that we've kind of based our strategy on. And this kind of frees frees us up to to really get stuck into that. Um, you know, so it's and it's not going to be an overnight thing, right? You know, there's you know we've got all these all these plans, but but we, you know, there's a lot of work to do.
0: So so when the papers were signed, were you uh, like refreshing your uh, your app for your bank account and just keep uh, and see when that money got in there? And all of a sudden, ping, you saw like the PSA uh, bank account went from like, you know, a couple, couple thousand dollars to over a million dollars. Did, did it work like that?
1: Uh, it was exactly like that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and it was a very, a very edgy. I mean, the whole process of actually trying to get the document signed and, you know, these things are never straightforward. Are they? Um, but it was both sides were really wanting wanting the deal to go through so you know it it was whilst it was stressful and whilst there was obviously a lot of lawyers a lot of lawyer things going back and forth and uh, you know things that and actually Tommy Burden was was unbelievable from our side in that he's 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 got such a lawyer type brain on him we were really fortunate to have him him in the thick of that. Um, but yeah, when 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 that when it finally got over the line, we were uh, there was a certain amount of relief, I should say.
0: Have you have you do you go to the ATM machine now? Take out like ten bucks and ask for a receipt just so you could see what the receipt looks like.
1: <laughs> yeah, I haven't actually done that yet, but that that would be quite cool. <laughs>
0: I, I actually used to uh, when I go out to the Hamptons in New York, I go to when I go to the ATM, I always see like the ATM receipts on top of the machine. Do people just leave and then you pull them off and take a look at some of the balances out there? It's uh, pretty. I think the most I ever saw was someone took out like. Hundred dollars out of their checking, and there was four hundred and sixty-two thousand dollars balance remaining. And I was like, "Wow, well, nice a little different world. Little different world than I live in." <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, me so, too. So, so, me too. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be, I'd be <laughs> leaving
1: those lying around all over the place. Right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I highly recommend you going out one time and doing it, and then leaving that receipt on top that says like a million dollars. I said it. Somebody will photograph it and put it on the internet. I'm sure. So, um, so uh, question: uh, Restrictions on what the uh, investment can be used for? Are there restrictions on what the investment can be used for? Or is Mark saying, "Hey, w- you know, collaboratively, we're going to decide the direction, and it could go anywhere."
1: Um, I, that's a really good question, actually, Bill. So, so all the way, all the way along, we were kind of before we before the investment came in, we, we worked incredibly hard on like the term sheet. and There were a ton of things in there that that you know we've we've laid out a business plan. We've laid out what we would like to sort of spend it on or invest in. Um, you know, some of some some things will go towards prize money, but there's some very strict things in there. It's like, you know, that there needs a lot of sign off. So, so things will will be reasonably incremental at the start. Uh, we can't just suddenly go out and just buy a ton of new ton of new kit and glass courts and this that and the other but it's 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 gonna you know we're gonna be heavily focused on the events is, is a big side of it you know so we'll probably be growing the team um, the team's already been growing reasonably reasonably quickly we're up to about 45 employees now but you know that's probably gonna probably gonna need to move on to kind of 55 60 and then you know upwards from there you know as and when sort of things keep moving um You know, but it's it's certainly not a it's certainly not a right. There's there's some money, throw it at prize money. You know, that's that's not going to be that's not going to be the approach. We we just want to keep building things. You know, bringing new sponsors and make the events better, um, and and bringing. So when you say make the events better,
0: sure. When you say make the events better, talk to me. What do you what do you think are the biggest areas of improvement that are needed uh, from your point of view, and when it comes to the events?
1: Um, that's also a good question. The I don't know. Well, I mean, when you, I mean, American sports do this incredibly well, right? You you, you go to, you go to some of the events in, in in the US, and 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 there's just there's just a ton of other things to do. You know, it's all it's 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 a family day out or it's a family evening out. You know, there's you know there's entertainment. There's you know there's great food. There's drinks, and you know, and it's actually giving people a really good experience when they're at the events. It's not just about sitting there and you know watching four hours of squash per se, or you know it's not like that for any sport really. Um, so it's, we, we were really pleased with how the, really pleased with how the British Open went. Um, so some of the production in that was, was the, the, the one that we just did at the Rep Theatre in Birmingham. Felt great. You know, putting it in theatres is obviously, it, it is a really good fit for squash. Um, and I think we'll try and do a few more of those sorts of things. It's been done before in the past, but this, this was the first one we have done in a while where we really actually felt pretty proud of it. You know it was it was it felt like a really good solid event everyone had a great time you know you you go to these places everyone's super comfortable you know the sound's great you know it's just it's just got a really good feel um so it's you know and 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 along with that you know you're trying to you know you're trying to sell these trying to sell these events out you know that's always been that's always been a name you know sometimes they're a bit the events are a little bit lighter at the at the start of the start of the weeks but you know we want to start trying to sort of you know like the canary wharf of the world you know there's a there's a few events around that do actually kind of sell out and that's 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 a big aim
0: and um, well, first on the squash tv side uh what do you see as as being the improvement so a lot of people talk about camera angles camera quality uh squash tv in my opinion gets gets such an unfair rap on on the internet uh, to me it's a fantastic product i totally enjoy watching it. and the fact that we could tune in that i could tune in and watch squash from egypt today is just <clears throat> Like it to me to 15 years ago, couldn't even think about that. Right. So, um, I, no, I, sure yeah. Yeah. So squash yeah. TV, where do you see the biggest improvements coming on squash TV? Will it be the equipment will it be the camera angles? Will it be the, like the whole production? Yeah.
1: So we're, the, 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 you know, so Lee, Lee Beachel, who's kind of across that side of things with, with, with all the sort of squash TV and the production team, they've got a ton of plans. Um, that it will be a balance between, you know, the, the, the kit and the hardware is obviously a big part of that, you know, right. so cameras cameras that can cope with, you know, super slow modes, for instance. So, you know, we, we've always struggled a little bit on things like pickups and it's just to do with the frame rate of the cameras and the quality of those right. cameras and then the quality of the lighting. So there's, there's a whole host of things that need to come in all at the same time to make that better. Um, <clears throat> so Lee's looking at all of that sort of, you know, Lee and the team are looking at that now, really. You know, what's out there? What can we do? You know, it's obviously, we obviously fly all this stuff around the world. You know, it's all all done in-house. And, that, and I think the team do, do a really good job. But, you know, they, they've all got a ton of ideas. You know, there'll be more kind of, um, a lot more kind of data. So, a lot more kind of analysis of the matches. So, we're, we're, we're looking to bring that in again quite soon where, you know, and that will come in live. You know, winners and errors, where they are in the court, you know, those sorts of analytics w- will build up um and actually be able to put into the into the broadcast um you know we're looking at along with ASV 3 at the moment we're looking at you know potentially developing a new court you know or, or features within a court you know and that'll go along with lighting and you know maybe some different colors or you know all of these things to just try and just just keep you know in you know moving along and and, and keeping the keeping it going really
0: um yeah and as far as the stream, the stream goes, are there any uh, talks already now that Mark's involved and obviously Mark's a huge name in sports with, you know, with the Lakers, the Dodgers, the um, uh, Chelsea, uh, the Sparks uh, of the WNBA? Are there are there streaming contract talks with ESPN, with Netflix, with, with any other streaming companies where you don't necessarily have to have squash TV in order to watch, watch your sport?
1: Um, there's, there's a few, there's a few going on and actually this is, this is almost, was almost before Mark was involved and it'll be great when we get a little bit more input from him and his team, but we, we've got a couple of talks going in the background and one in particular that I think would be that I do not really, don't particularly want to mention now, I don't want to jinx it, but you know, there's, sure. there's one or two, there's one or two now that, that we feel that we can really push forward, um, certainly from sort of next season. Um, and then when Mark's team get a little bit more involved, and we figure out, you know, who the point person is there, and and, and how that, you know, it, he's he's obviously an incredibly busy guy. So how much actually actual direct involvement we'll get from Mark in the day to day, we'll you know, we're still we're still trying to figure out. Um, but you know, through his contacts and through all the like you say, all the sports properties that he's got already, you know, that it's he's he's turning into a bit of a powerhouse, it seems
0: yeah definitely um so let's let's switch gears a little bit and talk about um other uses of the investment um obviously a and i say obviously a lot on this podcast we uh we 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 tried (laughs) it out as as often as possible but obviously refereeing is a huge hot button issue in squash um will any of this investment be used towards referee education uh player education about refereeing or in things such as that
1: uh absolutely yeah yeah that's very high up the list and um We've got Lee Drew in there, who um, who's kind of been heading that up for some time now. Um, he he will be getting some help, so so it definitely means that we can sort of we've got we've got an agreement with World, the World Squash Federation, and it's it's World Squash officiating, and we kind of run that as a kind of almost a, a joint venture, um, and and we're going to be pretty heavily investing in that um, in 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 the months to come, um, and hopefully it's not too early to say, but you know professional referees or the first professional referees are hopefully just around the corner Um, you know and they'll not only be able to they'll not only be able to just you know go to however many events it is that we sort of think that they should be at but also you know the support that that would give to Lee and then the other referees you know and working on working on those education pieces you know much more content much more kind of you know collaboration with with other referees to bring everyone up to up to a up to a good level. I mean it's 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 it is obviously one of the toughest parts of the game to 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 get right.
0: Sure. And and, and I mean from a fan's point of view it's it, you know it seems like the players are almost as as big at fault as the referees are and the lack of player education you, you do watch a lot I, I watch I watch way too much squash TV and I do see it <laughs> se- it seems like a lot of the players don't understand the rules either. Um and don't understand when they could ask for a review. One that, yeah things such as that is is there a a plan to maybe have the players have to take a referee exam so to speak or something like that to be educated uh to be able to continue playing on the tour
1: uh 100 percent. yeah that's that's on its way as well that's something that lee's been working on in the background and actually is 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 very imminent um and and it's exactly that it's almost like a player certification so it's Mm. i think a lot of the stuff that we've done so far um on WSO was all was as you being very referee you know how do you right. become a referee what are the rules da. da, da. you know not mm. not from a player point of view of you kind of need to know this and you kind of need to know, you know like right. this is how you play the game you know and actually it, it, it's pretty lacking um in a lot of areas so it's we 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 definitely view that as a as a big one to get right
0: yeah, yeah. agreed. Agreed. It's it's always interesting, and you, you see it in every sport. Um, a lot of times on the PGA tour, uh, if you watch any golf at all, the players who've been playing this sport their whole lives since they were kids are like thirty five year old men on the PGA tour, and they come over and ask for a ruling.
1: Right. And, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: they they played golf their whole life, and they're yeah. asking for a ruling. So. Quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's and actually so- some of them.
1: Some of them actually do get quite it gets quite uh, fiery as well. Some of the players, <laughs> I mean, some of the players have almost cited that as why they've left the PGA tour, right? Right. You right. Know, the Sergio, the Sergio Garcia's of the world and whatnot. They're just like, they, they kind of got a bit fed up with it, I think, didn't they? I don't know if yeah. that's a bit of an excuse, but...
0: <laughs> yeah, some, some of the minutia of the rules is... is I mean, I, I fancy myself a, a rule expert when it comes to golf and people who play golf with me, uh, much to their chagrin, that I point out everything that they do illegally. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You sound
1: like a bundle of fun on the golf oh, course. Oh, <laughs> I am so much fun to be
0: on the golf course. But Just just ask anybody who likes... When, when uh, I played a couple of weeks ago and a guy took a practice swing and a, he hit a tree and a leaf dropped down from the tree that he took a practice when he took the practice wing. that's illegal that's a stroke penalty believe it or not
1: oh no way so oh, and wow. i, oh, I
0: said wow. and i always say i always say well since this is for fun i'm not going to call you on this but just so you know and, you know which which may be more <laughs> annoying brilliant. than actually calling the penalty i'm sure so um <laughs> so um so now that mark, mark walter uh, obviously mostly us based in los angeles is is there thoughts that there's going to be a us office of the psa
1: Not necessarily the US office. I think one of the things that we, in a more sort of general sense, and obviously US is 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 a huge market. We've obviously got loads of tournaments over there. Um, You know, it's it's been growing. You know, obviously you know that from 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 all the stuff with US squash. But I think what we're going to try and do is is almost have kind of representation in in a lot of different countries, so that we can you know kind of really drive things on the ground a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um and in and in the us you know we've obviously we've done some work with connor in the past but you know we'll we'll, we'll be figuring out kind of how that what that looks like um but it won't just be the uh, other think we'll be doing that in, in in quite a few of the sort of major major markets um but that's definitely that's definitely something that we want to kind of drive forward and again reasonably quickly as well
0: um challenger tour Obviously, very important. If you look on the PSA schedule right now, there's almost twice as many Challenger Tour events scheduled than there are um, you know silver uh, bronze silver or yeah. gold or platinum events. Um, how does this uh, this investment affect the Challenger Tour?
1: So we've well, one of the things there's a few things. we've We've started up a bit of a grant scheme for the Challenger Tour where mm-hmm. where we are almost directly kind of you know helping tournaments either increase levels or, you know, get started in the first place. Um, and we started that sort of through through COVID. Um, we will be able to really kind of accelerate some of that, you know, and actually put those figures up and actually really kind of drive that and really really support as many tournaments as we can really going forward. Um, but I think the next thing, and that comes back to your point about, say, you know, someone based in the US, it, you know, we really need, it's going to take a lot of focus, you know, trying to get more tournaments on. You know, we've got a lot of members now in the men's and the women's side. Um, and further down the tour, it's definitely difficult to get started and to to get off that kind of bottom, bottom layer. So, we know that, you know, uh, we've, we've set some pretty challenging targets, you know, and over the space of the next kind of five years, we'd hope to almost be kind of doubling those numbers down there, you know, and, you know, I say down there, but, you know, at that sort of level, because, mm-hmm. because there's so, we want all those, but we want that pathway. We want, we want players to get better. We want them to have those opportunities. So there's probably going to be as much focus on that challenge at all level as, as, the, as there is at the top end. Uh,
0: noticeable. Cause I, I do, I do some MCing at these challenger events and notice that, you know, the, the age of the players very, very young for the most part, right. They skew very young. Yeah. There's some veterans on there, but for the most part, is, is there any, education for those type of players i mean you have basically 16 17 18 year olds traveling the world going to strange countries um not really educated in like Airlines and, like, hotel bonus programs, you know, United Airlines. Like, these people are, like, flying Spirit Airlines, um, paying extra fees, probably paying more for a ticket right. than they would if they fought or, flew a regular airline. And then they get eliminated earlier. They maybe stay later than they could. And instead of having, like, being able to change their – just, like, that's minutia, change their flight for free, they have that's to, like, stuff, yeah. put out some money. So is there ever any thought, like, for – to have player education and basically how to deal with the tour, how to deal with life on the tour, especially at such a young age for kids who don't have parents mm-hmm. traveling with them?
1: Uh I mean the short answer to that is yes. <laughs> we do mm-hmm. need to. Um we again this this kind of happened sort of through COVID. We we had a platform called um Hive, which was a bit of a which was a bit of an education platform. Uh, ton of ton of stuff in there and actually and and really trying to cut to really trying to actually educate on all of those points that you just made there, you know, how to do some really kind of, you know, basic stuff if you never traveled before. And, you know, there was, there's a whole heap of stuff in there. One thing that just didn't necessarily really happen is that we didn't get as much engagement as we thought we would. Um, so, it, and then from a sort of, from an office point of view, it kind of needs somebody driving that almost daily, you know, day in, day in, day out, or week in, week out. So one of the, Great. one of the areas, one of the people that we've got, earmarked or or one of the roles we've got earmarked is like an athlete's manager you know somebody that somebody that that's pretty much solely their job is to be a go-to person for advice and for education and 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 they can work on all of that sort of you know um that kind of content that and and just keep trying to drive that out and keep trying to put it in front of the players because because you're right i mean it is slightly scary seeing you know some of the some of the youngsters traveling here there and everywhere and you you know they're you know they're still at school some of them and it's um yeah, they they they, they get the experience quite quickly, but it is it is a little bit of a concern, Right. and uh, uh, definitely something that we want to pay attention to.
0: Um, speaking of the Challenger Tour, a lot of your players who uh, from the Challenger Tour at this point are now coming out of the Collegiate Squash Association in the United States. Is there is there any of this uh, money earmarked for any kind of connection or, or better connection with the Coll- Collegiate Squash Association in the U.S. and uh, trying to basically persuade players, hey, this is a route you could take as opposed to. Uh, you know, going for that internship at Goldman Sachs uh, this summer, they could, uh, you know, where they're going to make a ton of money, uh, come out and play some PSA events, uh, think about joining the PSA sure. tour full-time <clears throat> in, in the mission to continue growing the game.
1: Mm, yeah, that's, yeah, that's also an interesting one. Yeah, we've spoken, and I know Tommy's spoken to David um, mm-hmm. a, a few times around these sorts of things. So we, we've got a, whilst we've got a good, a, a good relationship with um, with the College across Association, we haven't necessarily... Done that much about it, so it's definitely an area that we can, you know, we keep needed to, we keep needing, keep needing to revisit these kind of things. Um, and and you know, we've, we've we've tried to get you know squash TV into a lot of the colleges as well. So you know, mm. I, I think they're all pretty aware of you know what's out there. But um, it's 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 a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, I think we almost lost, we pretty much lost, we nearly lost Ali Parag to to that sort of thing. You know, right. you've got somebody that's you know four-time world champion now and, and and at one point he was 50-50, you right. know, so it's, you, you know, smart, you know, all these smart kind of girls, boys that, that go to college, you know, are very talented and they have got options, you know, we've just got to keep making it as attractive as we can, you know, keep getting the prize money going up, keep making those, you know, those those links with those players, you um, because yeah, like you say there's, there's there's a ton of good talent there, but they're also they've also got lots of options as well. So we Definitely. need to, we need to be doing a good job to uh to kind of hook them into the tour.
0: So so I have already kept you longer than I said I would. So I am gonna I just have a few more questions for you if you could indulge That's me. Fine. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so talk to me what does success look like uh three years from now in Alex's yeah, so we've, Mind?
1: We've yeah, I mean it's we've worked quite hard internally on some of these numbers, and and, and I alluded to all the, all the great stuff that Tommy Tommy Burden had done. So kind of at the at the at the, at the sort of senior management level, if you like, sort of myself, Lee, Tommy, and, and Jackie have been working on the strategy pretty hard with with um with also Deloitte in the background as a bit of a uh, a check and balance. Um, it, we'd like to see we're we're just about coming into well this season is the best prize money that we've ever had, and we're at just under nine million dollars. Um basically the aim in kind of five years' time or five seasons from now is kind of doubling that. So, so the aim is $18 million for five mm-hmm. years' time, which mm-hmm. is obviously reasonably aggressive, but, you know, hopefully, you know, we, we we think we can put the right things in place to get there. Um, like I said before, the Challenger Tour, you're probably looking, you know, trying to go from kind of, you know, a couple of hundred tournaments to to, to more like, you know, 350, 400. Wow. Um, really trying to sort of move that on. And then similarly with the satellite tour, you know, there's a lot of scope for growth in the satellite tour. Um, The tour team already shot me down when I mentioned a thousand satellite tournaments in five years' time, so I'm not sure I'm allowed to say (laughs) it again. But 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 I'm going to anyway. But I'm going to anyway, Um, because Tommy would probably have that bigger hire anyway. Um, But no, I think with all the all the support that we can try and give, especially those sort of you know the 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 challenger and the satellite, you know better tools for how to run events, better tools for how to, you know, attract sponsorship in you know, all these sorts of things. You know, I think those, I think we can get there. So it's, 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 it's one of those, it's one of those funny situations now where we, we focused so hard on trying to get to this point, Um, you know, getting the investment and, and figuring out, you know, what we would do, but it also felt like we weren't quite sure when that was ever going to, or if it was ever going to get over the line, and now it has, it's like right, crikey! Now we've uh, now <laughs> exactly. we've now we've got some work. <laughs> you know, we've been working bloody hard till this point, and now we've got a real load, of and now we've got a lot to do. <laughs>
0: You're like the the dog so, chasing the car. You finally caught the car. Now, now what do you?
1: Yeah, do? yeah, and then, yeah, and it's like right, keep going again. So yeah, we, we yeah we're not very good at sitting back and you know taking it easy. So yeah,
0: we'll right. be we'll be
1: driving it pretty hard over the next the next sort of three, four, five years.
0: So uh, Bill, Bill Buckingham is a conspiracy theorist, um, and uh, uh, the Olympics, obviously, are, is the, the pot at the end of the rainbow for a lot of squash fans. Not necessarily me, but for a lot of squash fans. Um, Bill Buckingham sure. thinks that um, the Mark Walter announcement um, coming at the time that it does, and the Olympic announcement uh, very shortly to follow, that squash is already in the Olympics, Alex, true or false?
1: <laughs> I would love to say it was I'd love to say it was true but uh, we we just have to uh, the, the conversations have been going on in the background with 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 world squash and, and us squash um, and LA 28 um and and I think the process will kind of will will develop over this year um the IOC is still they they've got a lot of work to do at their end in terms of there's a few sports that might potentially come out Um, you know, a few core sports that might come out, which will then free up space for, you know, for potentially, you know, sports that LA 28 want want in, Um, you know, and and squash will be in the running for for that. Um, So we just have to watch this space at this moment in time.
0: Yeah, I see you looking at your notes, reading that often. I'm sure you've read that that answer. Often many people have asked that same question. So well done reciting that. So we're not on video right now. If you just blink twice and just say, if we're in the Olympics, just blink twice. And we won't show this at all. So, okay, good. All right. uh, (laughs) uh, Final question. And and this is a question that I saw. So my wife is an educator. Um, She has, you know, she's at a school with kids from six to 16 years old. And her first grade class is uh, there's a couple big squash fans in her first grade class. So um, especially one. And he's 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 six years old. His name is Timmy. And so Timmy uh, is a big fan of yours and um, wants to ask a couple questions to end this interview. And if, if you'll so indulge Timmy, I'm going to ask those questions for him. So answer them to your best of your ability. Um, Timmy, six years yeah. old, uh, wants to know, Alex Goff, what, what is your favorite cereal? Breakfast, Frosties. breakfast cereal. Frosties. Okay. Okay. Um, so that, that's his first question. His second question is uh, for Alex Goff. Uh, Mustafa Asal is my favorite player. Can you please explain to me why there's a squash a squash wide conspiracy to keep him from being the number one player in the world? When it seems this is diametrically opposed to the mission of the PSA to grow the game. That's from six year old Timmy.
1: I was going to say he's got uh, he's got a good vocabulary. Vocabulary. Yeah, him, yeah. Six year old Timmy's a big you're, squash uh, fan. So yeah. You're, yeah your yeah, your wife must be doing a great job. With that. Yeah, she, yeah, she is. <laughs> so so yeah, conspiracy, right? Um, yeah, it's it, like that's been doing the rounds, isn't it? Um, yeah. why any why any sport would want somebody of that talent you know would would they be trying to undermine them or get them to you know not be something when they're quite clearly a very very talented individual I just i find it quite hilarious really that people think it's a conspiracy um i mean one of the things that we've got to do just generally and and this is this is this is top of the list really for for as we go forward with, with the investment is you know we've got to make squash a great product you know it has to be we have to. We all love it, you know. You'll watch it all day long. I'll watch it all day long. But we have to bring in new people, and and to, by bringing in new people, you know, you've got one side of Mustafa, who's this, you know, incredible personality, really, you know, magnetic, and you know, he'll bring people in. But then you've got, they'll, you know, if you put a new person in there to watch some of the stuff that goes on, they just wouldn't. It's just, it's unwatchable. Some of it, you know, it's just, it's just not. It's just not how sports should be presented. So. We, we, you know we, we are working pretty closely with Mustafa. Um, obviously he's had a couple of uh, he's had a couple of bits of time off um, and he's I mean, from our side of things, I, I know that he really wants to get things sorted. He doesn't want to have these kind of issues. He sticks himself under an enormous amount of pressure. I think the situation that he's found himself in is, is, is all kind of pressure led. Um, so we do our, have to do our best to kind of support him and get him through this bit and uh yeah we, we yeah there's no you know we don't want to be banning players like that but we've you know we've got a we've got a duty of care to you know the rest of the players on the tour when when things like that happen you know they, you know there's always going to be consequences so yeah we're, we're hope we're hoping that it starts to sort itself out pretty soon we are working quite closely with mustafa you know we speak to him all you know speak to him all the time Lee drew does a, does a lot of work with him um he's got to try and figure it out. You know, like I said before, he puts himself under these, this enormous amount of pressure. You know, you can see that in his kind of celebrations and, you know, and there's stuff he kind of needs to work through. And, you know, we'll give him as much support as we can. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're, we're hopeful that things will will get better and, you know, and the conspiracy theory kind of accusations will kind of hopefully <laughs> disappear because it's, yeah, I'm all for a good conspiracy, but I'm not quite sure where this one's come from, really. It doesn't make an awful lot of sense to me. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, you know how first graders could be, Alex. So you know that's just coming <laughs> coming from the, from the mouth from the mouths of babes. So I, I really appreciate your time. Um, thank you very much. This is a very exciting time for uh, for not only pro squash but for, for squash in general. And uh, we look forward yeah. to a- everything that's gonna uh, that happen with this investment. It, it, it doesn't get much more exciting than this for our sport.
1: No, let's that's, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Hopefully, we can uh, you know keep driving things forward. That's that's the ambition.
2: Thanks for listening to another show on SQR Squash Radio. We really do appreciate you taking the time to listen. And we have a quick ask. In an effort to help us grow, if you have a quick minute, please consider sharing an episode with a friend who might be interested or leaving a rating on any of the platforms you listen to your podcast. It would mean a lot to me and the rest of the team. Thanks so much and have a great day.